Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Aaron, otherwise known as Aaron J Watches. And on today's podcast, I was joined by the amazingly polite, friendly, super helpful as well, Neil Vag from GetYourComicOn.com. Uh, now, Neil has been been doing this for a long time, uh, 10 years in fact with, the, with his website um, and also with the podcast for the last couple of years. He's a big. He's been a great insight into the this world, this world of film journalism, film influencing, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, just I could have geeked out with him for hours. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Um, here we go. Well, it's just so like this is not the time for technology yeah. not to work. <laughs> No, I was saying, because obviously I saw on your Twitter feed that you talked about um, being in the NME uh, today. Yeah. That's quite exciting. Is that the first time you've been in there? or That's the first time I've been mentioned in there that I know of. Um, I did, after I saw that, you can, if you Google like your Twitter handle and then go to news results, you'll see any articles where tweets from you were kind of embedded and stuff oh, like that. Wow. Okay. So I did a quick search and there's quite a few Venom articles that have got my tweet in there. I just got nice. really, really lucky that Sony retweeted me um, yes. after yeah, that yeah, screening. Yeah. That's but really the irony of that is that wasn't a press screening that I was invited to. That was a fan screening that I won tickets to in a ballot. Oh, right. I just, <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's almost, it's like nothing to do with any of this. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like purely by chance that my name got picked out in the ballot and they shared my quote and it's gone like, it's gone crazy. Like it was in Tom Hardy's Instagram story the other day. I was oh, like, really? that, oh, that's, that's that, my face. My face is, is in Tom Hardy's Instagram story. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I just thought it was really cool because they like most of the websites that have picked it up, it's just like a list of people's tweets. But NME has actually written a piece around it. And so there's a whole paragraph that starts with podcaster Neil Vag. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a podcaster. That's it. That's, that's it. You've made it. Take that off. That's validation. That <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'll take that. Definitely. <laughs> no, so that is exciting. Is, uh, have you been in any other bigger like, publications as well, like that sort of thing? I know um, you've said that, so searching for it. So I've had a few quotes in trailers before. Well, a couple oh, okay. of quotes in trailers that's cool. before. Yeah. So there's a Venom trailer that's on social media now that's got a quote from me in it. Um, there's this really cool indie horror movie, and I'm trying to remember if it was out last year or this year, or was it maybe the end of last year, called Bloody Hell. Um, it's like an Australian-American um horror movie so cool and i saw it at fantasia festival okay so i saw it at fantasia festival last year and then i think it came out in cinemas in america early this year and i had a quote in the trailer for that oh that's and... is, that, is that like a shudder kind of exclusive sort of horror yeah 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 that's cool i think that one that one hit cinemas first and i think is on shudder in america um and then uh demon slayer mugen train the anime series it's on Netflix, and then they just oh, released yeah. a movie yeah, yeah, yeah. a few months ago. Um, I wasn't supposed to cover it because I'm not I'm not a huge sort of anime manga kind of guy, mm. but um, the guy who does do it for us couldn't make the screening. So it was like, oh, I'm going to go check it out and see what it was like. And I ended up with a quote on the poster for that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had to apologize to James that is like our anime god because I was like, I know you couldn't make it. Um, yeah. Not only could you not make it, and I went. <laughs> I went, and I'm now quoted on the poster. Now stole your thunder. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool though it just it never it never gets old seeing stuff like that i love it yeah, just because no, i'm yeah. kind of like i i whenever i go to screenings and stuff i'm always a bit sort of imposter syndrome i'm always like the well you know i it's not like my day job i don't do yeah. this 24 yeah, 7 yeah, uh yeah. so when it's like when i get quoted and stuff it's like this is so cool like, <laughs> how did that happen yeah. 
I mean, as you know, when you're younger and you see you see things like that, like quotes on the screen or quotes from critics yeah. and all that sort of thing, it's kind of like that sort of like say it's that validation, isn't it? Like, oh, okay, yeah. someone has noticed and someone appreciates what I've done here, and you know, and what I've said in this particular instance. There's so I guess so. Actually, Venom will be the first time I'm on a comic book movie, which is kind of how I got into all of this because I'm such mm. a comic book fan. But I've had quotes licensed, but I've never actually seen them used for Shazam. I think was the first film that I ever had a quote licensed for. So like you'll put out your tweet and your review and stuff, mm. and then you'll get someone will contact you either from the PR company or the studio and say, "Hey, can we use?" And then they might list a bunch of quotes that they they'd like from your review or whatever, and say, "Would you mind if we use these in our marketing?" And you just say yes and sign it away, and yeah. then you kind of never know unless you actually see it. Um, yeah, of course. So I had some quotes taken for Shazam and for the Suicide Squad as well, but I haven't seen them used for either one of them, so I don't know if they did or not. Um, which is weird. They might have been used in some like completely random country, and I, just I was going to say that. Does it? Because I guess it could depend on the market. They don't necessarily have yep. to use it in the UK one, do they? No, yeah, could be anywhere. Yeah. That's quite quite exciting though. You imagine if you know you go on holiday one time and you turn around and yeah. you see your name on a poster <laughs> in Singapore or something like that. Well, I was so I don't pay too much attention to stuff like stats on our podcast because mm. I don't mm. think I think you lose the fun if you're yeah. like, okay, how many people listened this week? How many people listened last time? Um, and then kind of panic about it but when I do look at stats there's always one and just literally just one person in the British Virgin Islands that listens to the podcast so when really? I look at like the international audience there's always one and I'm kind of like I wonder who that is I'd love to know who that is like is it the same one person yeah or is it like different one person I I like it's just I don't know it's one of those things where you just like you start this thing in your spare room like I am right yeah. now and then suddenly it's like oh okay so like a few people are listening to it okay a few more people are listening to it okay so other people are listening to this in other countries why are they listening to me yeah. what why what yeah. why are they listening yeah I, I remember checking when I first kicked this off before and uh, it came out of like one percent of your listenership is in Egypt I'm like who, who is who's clicked on that <laughs> how has it got there the last time we um we were in an iTunes chart. It was in Luxembourg. I was like, okay, fair enough. That's we cracked cool, like yeah. the the top. It was in the top ten in like film and TV. I was like, ridiculous. That's cool. Yeah, on that's iTunes cool, in Luxembourg, and I'm like, okay, but that's cool. I mean, so how long have you guys been doing the? Obviously, Get Your Comic Con has been around for yep. a while, but how long has like the podcast been going? Has that been going uh, the same event? The website will be ten years old next year. Okay. So 10 years since I started doing the review thing and the writing thing. Um, and it'll be a couple of years on the podcast. So we're we're in the next episode. I'm having to look at the whiteboard to check. Is 60. <laughs> I haven't actually written anything. It's blank. So the 62 or 63 in terms okay. of podcast. Okay. So it's we started around the time of Titans season one, which is now on season three. So it's been a couple yeah. of years basically. Yeah. Yeah. What what kind of drove you to go to that podcast medium? That is a good question. Um I well actually uh, I know you said one of your questions was was what are your nerdy passions yeah um, we'll, we'll go for that it doesn't have to be in any particular order so. I, uh, <laughs> I tend to always want to push myself to try new stuff mm. I'm kind of always sort of trying to learn something or like watching what someone else has done and kind of go I wonder if I can do that mm. and I just I've never been a huge podcast listener to be honest and I started through through like all of this website stuff and going to screenings and stuff I've met and made friends with some really amazing people and quite a lot of the people that I've gotten to know do podcasts so started listening to what people were doing and was like I wonder if I can do that 
And then, so it was like, let's just give this a shot. And yeah. um, it was also a way to get Martin, who's my co-host and also husband involved, yeah. because yeah. by that point, um, I've been doing this for sort of seven, eight years in terms of the website thing. And he was starting to become a bit of like a, a website widow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I do, I do like 37 hours a week in my day job. So mm. I work eight till four. So I tend to leave the house at like seven, get back yeah. at about five. And I was trying to do the whole website thing around it because at that point it was still really right, only yeah. just me that was doing the website. Mm. Um, whereas now, like two years on, there's like 12 of us. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> we have ballooned quite massively. Yes. Um, so it was this, it was a case of I was getting up at like five, doing a couple of hours work before leaving the house to go to the day job, do the day job, come back and do more website stuff. So it was like, I need a way to get him involved uh, other than taking him to screenings and stuff. So it's like, yes, let's, course, let's, yeah. I kind of, I'm just wanting to challenge myself and see what I could do. So that was, that was how that started really. And then it yeah. was like, okay, so we were using like one really cheap mic and then it was like, let's upgrade. So now we've both got these really cool Samsung mics, mm. upgraded editing software. So rather than just like cutting and pasting stuff in iMovie, I'm using Premiere, which, uh, so I, I studied film at uni. So I've got a degree in film. Um, yeah, that was so I kind of did some of that technical stuff <laughs> yeah. back then. Yeah. So sort of digging up those skills and refreshing my memory and stuff. And then it's just sort of like, okay, what can I try next? Let's do a bit of video stuff. Let's see how that works. And then yeah. we're just, I don't know. I don't quite know what comes next, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I've just branched out into buying new lenses for my phone. So we oh, were, I saw this um, on your um, Instagram story the other day. Yeah. Yes. With the inception so, one, wasn't it? It was like going yeah. round. And, the and um, so I bought a gimbal, uh, uh, yeah, so a gimbal for like Steadicam stuff. And I bought an anamorphic lens as well, which is so sexy. Um, <laughs> so we were at this event last Thursday for Why the Last Man, which is yeah, uh, a yeah. new Disney Plus series, which starts this week. Uh, it starts on 22nd, which is, well, Wednesday. Uh, so we got invited to this sort of premiere event for it, which was like this whole immersive, I think we were there for about three hours, like immersive thing where you had to go through a whole bunch of different rooms where there were actors carrying out like scenarios from the series and stuff. Mm. And it was all get involved, run around, shout, scream a bit. And then we, they showed us the pilot episode. And afterwards there was some like post-apocalyptic club night where we got free yeah. free drinks and free food. Um, but they'd said, um, normally when you go to stuff like that, it's like, we want you to talk about it, but you can't necessarily film very much of it. Right, yes. Of Whereas course, for yeah. this, they were like, okay, so we're providing you with free Wi-Fi. Uh, please like shoot as much as you possibly mm. can. So I was like, okay, the lens is coming with nah. me. Um, so I just filmed everything. Uh, and it's been my first attempt at using this anamorphic lens, but it's so cool. Cause like, like all my footage is in like super widescreen and it yeah. does these really sexy, like JJ Abrams style lens flares. Yeah, and cool. <laughs> I know it can get a bit over the top, but everything I was filming, because there was so much lighting, I was just like, oh, lens flare. <laughs> like, so much lens flare. So, yeah. No, that is cool. I, yeah, I, it, it looked really fun as well from, from what you what you showed off. And um, it looked quite cool. immersive as well, which was quite cool. Like, they did not, didn't kind of hold yeah. back, like, with the... Like even when you kick off the video, like when they um they have to look for your name through the thing. Yeah, so it feels the like army stuff. Checkpoint. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. like it, it's pretty much full on. Um, so it was it was down on Leak Street in Waterloo, which is this really famous tunnel full of mm. really really amazing graffiti. I've not been down there for ages, and it's almost completely changed, but it's it's quite a legendary spot for graffiti artists. And so there's all these like skateboarders and stuff. There's uh, there's a skate park down there. There were people doing like dance lessons and stuff out in the street because it's not it's, there's no traffic or anything going along there. So there's all like this cool artsy stuff going on. And then the other side of the road, there's just these soldiers being like, "Get in line, get in here. It's the end of the world. Go get a badge. Get inside now." And you're like, ah. 
weird. That's been quite weird it, for them as well. Like like turning around and seeing that, like this is this is very strange. What's going on yeah, you here. don't see this every day. <laughs> no. It's cool though. I would not change any of my uh, my life for uh, for anything at this point. No. It's so much fun. I mean, so when you, I mean, initially 10 years ago when you started the website and stuff, what, what yeah. was the kind of driving force behind that? So there's quite a funny story behind it. Oh, I say, I laugh. I hope it's still funny. Um, <laughs> I'm sure so we, we got married, be, it'll be 10 years next year since we got married. Uh, and um, for our honeymoon, we went to San Diego with the intention of going to San Diego Comic-Con. Right. But we booked the holiday way in advance before the tickets for the Comic-Con went on sale and didn't get tickets to the con. Uh, so we went and had this amazing like two-week holiday in San Diego, which is like one of the greatest places on earth. It's so friendly. It's just a beautiful city and really friendly people. Um, really nice. And all we could do was just like look through the door of the convention center to be like, oh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> There's the amazing convention. So we, we got back. Um, and so San Diego Comic-Con is always in July and it's either like the weekend of my birthday or like about a week before. And that year it had been before my birthday. So we were out with some friends for my birthday after we got back and uh, they were all like, oh, you should just start a blog, just start talking about comic books because you know all about that stuff. They'll just like give you a ticket and you'll get in for free. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> there is literally no way on earth that that happens. Um, clearly, obviously had a few more drinks. And then by the next morning, have both a hangover and a website. <laughs> I, don't even, I can't even tell you how we came up with the name. Um, I think it was my friend Daryl who came up with it. I don't like somehow in, in some sort of like alcoholic haze yeah. came up with this thing. So did it for a little while being kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just see what happens. And then was like, why am I doing this? I have a day job. What's the, what, what, like, what is the point in this? Of course. Yeah. So drifted away from it for a little while and then I don't know what but something made me drift back to it and it was probably I think I did it for like three four months pretty solidly not really doing anything on social media just writing stuff because it was fun to write and then yeah. drifted away drifted back for whatever reason and started using the Instagram and the Twitter more which obviously means that people start interacting with you more and then it's just really slowly snowballed from there but I never really thought I'd get into anything yeah. free. And I never sort of set out to do that. I didn't suddenly go, oh, I have a website. Please send me stuff yeah. or please invite me to stuff. And that just happened really naturally. But only about five years later, mm. like there was a long period where I was just doing, doing it for the fun of it, but had found the fun of it and, you know, was getting to talk to people like you and make friends with people and just chat to other, other geeky people that like the same kind of stuff and was enjoying that aspect of it and then one day got home from work and I had an invite to see so the first screening I ever went to was um Ralph Breaks the Internet Wreck-It Ralph oh too. really <laughs> what a random one to get <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a PR company who were repping Disney got in touch to say we that they were promoting the soundtrack and they wanted me to post oh. the music video for Imagine Dragons single from the soundtrack and they were right. knowing how or how to navigate the whole world of PR yeah, because of it is a minefield um, and had met a few people that were in the more comic book movie side of things and just sort of said to them, you know, who do you, who do you talk to that gets you invited with these things and sort of found the names of a few PR people got in touch to say, this is what we do. I don't really mm -hmm. know if it's a thing that we can come along, but this is what we do. And it's just, and so the next film I got to see was Aquaman which was oh, pretty well. cool because yeah, I am t-shirt cool. yeah. gives it away I'm quite yeah. a DC fan more than a Marvel fan um 
and really gen like genuinely from there it's just like domino effect like a crazy domino effect of once a couple of pr people know who you are everyone seems to know who you are <laughs> i can imagine that is, is like you say like a domino effect in that respect because obviously once you because you know once someone trusts you in that respect and once you get yes. that kind of accreditation from someone then other, yeah. other studios will be like oh okay if they're, if they're like this if this is what their kind yeah. of angle is then that's what we want to be a part of as well which, that's that's quite interesting then you get to learn all these crazy like trying to understand the business side of things because if you get in Ooh. touch with somebody like if a new pr company pops up that you've not dealt with before they'll always be like okay Give me your give me your MUU and your like <laughs> like they start spitting all these acronyms and you're like okay so that's monthly unique users on the website then they're like give yeah. me your impressions give me your reach give me your views and you're like oh because <laughs> it is I mean it it must be so difficult working in PR these days because if you think back to like probably even like the early two thousands it's not like everyone could start a Tumblr or a WordPress and say no. I'm a reviewer. It would just be like your enemy empire, total film, like your print media. But now all these PR people, because their contact details are so pretty much, you know, easy to find if you're on LinkedIn or anything like that. Anyone can just be like, oh, hi, I have a website. Can I come see your film? Exactly. I mean, I remember just uh, the only kind of connection I ever had to like film critics was, I don't know if you remember, like when Jonathan Ross used to do, was it Film and Review and stuff like that on BBC One? Yeah. That, that was literally probably the 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 initiation into that i guess and that was it but yeah like you say only in the last 10 15 you know 10 years probably you know because of the use of social media especially with like twitter yeah. and instagram for example it's been more yeah. accessible to to the average person i guess if that makes sense. yeah definitely <laughs> how did you get into the the whole podcasting thing when did it start uh, for you yeah kind of similar to, to you in a sense like um i've always been quite a big I've always been that one friend that's like, oh, yeah, so you, you need to see this film to see this film to understand what's going yeah. on in this film. Um, oh, and this actor's going to do this next. And funny enough, that this, this this director did this film. Um, so I've always been one of those people. Um, and then uh, I, I'd umdenard with review, like blogging sites for years, probably like six, seven years. Um, I never really kind of stuck to anything. And then um, during lockdown last year, I was like, well, nothing else yeah. to do <laughs> so i might as well really kind of put my time and effort into it then yeah then kind of kind of started fresh um you know went for a different name you, i think the name kind of works better um and kind of tried to create a scope across everything you know make a twitter make an instagram yeah. and then and then i have a few friends that do podcasting and met a few people that do podcasting um i think what we might know one of them so so luke buggy still for example he's yeah. he's local to me um which is uh, quite interesting okay. to find out yeah so yeah um yeah and, and he's been quite helpful in kind of like giving pointers and stuff like that you know where to start what to do you know not to try and overreach yourself to start with just take it slow Luke is um, amazing and he's a nice, uh, luke such a nice is guy someone <laughs> who i've gotten to know fairly well over the last few years i think i first met him I first met him at MCM Comic Con. Oh, really? Um, so even before I'd been to, I think I saw him again at Aquaman. Um, but I'd met him just before that at MCM Comic Con, and that's the first time I'd met him. But had I guess at some point had obviously followed each other. Um, I've had the great pleasure of being in his company many times since then. Um, yeah. And he is a a wonderful guy. Really nice. I'm, I'm sure he's going to love that shout out. I'll, uh, I'll let him know that we talk about him on the podcast. <laughs> so I haven't seen him. The last time I saw him in person would be oh I don't so we weren't at the same Suicide Squad screening or Wonder Woman 1980 because we always cross paths at DC stuff of obviously course, I imagine um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. I reckon oh it would be Birds of Prey 
which was oh, right yes. at the very beginning of COVID. Just we got before, invited. wasn't it? Just before it all got yeah. locked down, pretty much, yeah. They had, um, they had a roller disco event in London before the film oh, wow. came out. Uh, so similar kind of immersive thing, but instead of it being sort of actors and stuff, they just they created like a Harley Quinn lounge in a in a bar near London Bridge. So there was a roller disco rink and just loads of like fo- uh, like photo ops and stuff. Mm. And that would be the last time I saw him was us attempting to to roller skate, which <laughs> I failed at miserably. Um, nice. <laughs> so go- oh my god, that's he- that so that'd be like twenty nineteen. So it's been nearly two years since I've seen him. That's the thing, obviously, where we lost kind of last year. And um, obviously, I, you, yeah. you know, I can imagine that you you must enjoy going to the conventions and stuff like that because it's a good way to kind yeah. of like network with people and meet people that you know yep. that you've met online in general um and obviously just meeting new faces and kind of getting your face out there i mean are, are you planning to go to mcm this year and stuff or? yes i am i i've got my creator pass for mcm um i wasn't sure i was going to get one actually just because obviously reduced capacity and stuff mm. uh, so i i bought a pass for the saturday but i'm going to be there as a creator for the weekend so i'm not going to be there on the friday because i can't get out of day job um yeah. <laughs> but i will be there saturday and sunday so i'm really looking forward to it uh, are you going to be there I will. I'm planning to go for the Sunday, so fingers awesome. crossed. Um, yeah, so we'll let you know. Um, it'd be nice to meet yeah. you in person. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, hopefully going for the Sunday. But that be that would be my first convention. I, I just kind of never really got into it. Yeah, yeah, never kind of fell into that kind of bracket. And then I was meant to go the year of COVID because I actually had a friend yeah. that worked for MCM. Um, but then obviously that obviously it all got stopped, yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't go. So yeah, definitely, definitely am planning to go for Sunday this year. So that'd be quite exciting. It's interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing kind of what it's like in the new landscape. I'm mm. hoping it's not too different. Um, if yeah. anything, it might be, so if, for especially for somebody that's not been to one before, hopefully it'll be quite nice because it won't be quite so like chaotically busy. I can imagine the thing it's, with it's like a festival, is they can be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can get really chaotically busy. Um, the only thing that I wish was I wish we'd um, I guess it's probably costs of putting on a show, but I wish they were a bit more like the American ones because the so I've been to San Diego three times and I've been to New York Comic Con oh, wow. once oh, wow. as well. Oh wow! And the UK ones tend to co- tend to cost you more and you don't seem to get quite as much. So it's like a lot of the so I've met so many of my heroes like from the comic book world, uh, America ones, like Jim Lee, Jeff Jones, oh, wow. that's, that's amazing, uh, Bruce Tim, like some of the, like, the, like the people who you, you're like, pinch me, I can't believe I've met these people. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's like, I've never paid to meet any of them. But when you come to a UK one, it's always like £50 an autograph, £30 a photo. Oh, that's, I it, never knew that. I didn't know that was a thing. Like you, there was no like additional cost, if that makes sense. So there are... There will, there is like a, so in San Diego Convention Center, there's like three floors and there is a floor right at the top where there will be people who you can go and pay for autographs and stuff with. But a lot of the really like big names who are on stands on the, on the show floor, it will be like a ticket lottery. So you'll just like, you go into the convention center really early in the day and go into a ballot to win a wristband to meet them. So rather than shelling out loads of money, yeah, you've got to queue up to do it but you get a bit more of an experience where you might get to chat to them a bit longer and you don't necessarily have to pay for it, which is, I think is really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Especially for those, you know, the comic book creators as well, like Jim Lee must have been yeah. crazy. I mean, Bruce Tim would be unbelievable. That must have been absolutely crazy. I felt really bad because I'd seen him at a panel about an hour before and he talked about the fact that whenever he sees anyone, they always ask him to sign a copy of Mad Love, the comic book adaption of the yeah. episode. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then he was sat at his stall and there, there wasn't a queue to see him. And I don't I don't know why, because normally there's like a crowd around him. Ooh. And I was like, I need to meet him now. 
I need something for him to sign, but I had nothing. And the only thing I could find was Mad Love. <laughs> I just sort of went up to him with this book and I was like, I'm really sorry. And I know you literally just said at a panel that this is the only thing that people ever want you to sign. But I didn't, you know, bring anything from home in London in my suitcase that, you know, you could sign. So this was the only thing I could find. Uh, and he did sign it for me, but he was like, oh, no. yeah, <laughs> in a, yeah, like, in a like, sarcastic way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of going back to like you were mentioning before. So, I mean, obviously, you said you went to university to film studies. Mm. Where, where, where did you where did you go to uni? Uh, so, I did my undergrad at Newport in South Wales. Oh yeah, uh, which is now the high school in sex education in Netflix. I, so oh, if, that's a cool claim to fame. <laughs> if you because the uni's moved now, it's not in that building anymore. It's mm. completely shut in terms of that. So that is my old campus, and I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> My campus now, a, now a Netflix high school. That's random. Um, <laughs> especially when they do weird things with the geography. So season three just started. It just came out on Friday. Um, mm. So I've only seen the first one so far. But there was a point where they were in like the, the high school library and they left it. And the corridor that they walked out of the door into was in the basement. I was like, what? <laughs> you were just in a room that had loads of like lighting and a view outside. Yeah. And now that's the basement. I know that's the basement. That's the dark rooms. What are you doing? <laughs> that's some good insider knowledge. <laughs> I, mean, I did what... my undergrad there, and then I yeah. did my uh, I did a master's in script writing, which I did at um, Cardiff. Oh, nice! So oh, I, right. I moved like thirty minutes down the road from Newport to Cardiff. So I lived in South Wales for for years. So, are you from that area? No, so no. I'm just over the border. I'm from Shrewsbury originally, which is oh, okay, like cool, yeah six seven miles away from the border um yeah. so closer to north wales than south wales but yeah close to wales i mean what what kind of what what made you do film studies out of interest like what, what was that kind of uh I, I guess i've always been a film fan for as mm. long as i can kind of remember really i've been a film fan or a tv fan comic book fan whatever um and then when i did my gcses art was kind of the thing i focused on a lot when I did my GCSEs so I didn't then really feel like doing A-levels because I never wanted to do anything straightforwards yeah um, so I I did I did a BTEC in multimedia instead so that was like graphic design photography film um and I was talking I was actually talking to uh Charlie who writes for us about this earlier and I suddenly realized that I did my BTEC uh before he was born which was really <laughs> quite disturbing um so I've kind of always done sort of arty stuff. And in, in doing that, I just loved making films. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go and do that. And my parents were so supportive because they were like, look, you're going to learn skills that will help you. Even if you never end up working in that, you'll still gain skills that you can use elsewhere. So although I've never ended up work, well, I say I've never ended up working wow, in film. Yeah. <laughs> Roundabout. Yeah, the other um, side of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. It, yeah. So I just, I always followed that kind of creative urge for a long, long time. And, I mean, and then came so out of that and thought, I kind of need a sort of stable career to fall back on in case it never works. Started working in the NHS and I've now mm -hmm. been in the NHS basically for like 12 years. That's cool though. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a good, well, it's a stable, stable area, isn't it, to work in the NHS? <laughs> um, well, I'll move on to some of those questions. Right? So obviously we were just talking about you yes. film studies and stuff like that. So what was, I mean, you know, what do you have a favourite film? Is there a film that means, you know, most to you? I reckon my favorite it's such a it's like a tie between Batman 89 and Batman Returns <laughs> but it's either it's got to be one of the two 
anything Tim Burton Batman basically is is way up there. I think both of those films are just amazing. I uh, yeah, I think I think I remember Batman Returns is definitely one of those ones that we we just had on VHS um, as a kid, yeah. um, and just I just remember that film particularly fondly. Um, but no, okay, that's interesting. Nice, nice. I mean, is I mean it makes sense. You're wearing a Batman T-shirt. You've obviously said you've been yep. you know a bit of a DC DC yep. fan, so it, it made sense it was going to go there. Um, in terms of uh, a least favorite film, now I always think this question is a bit funny because does anyone really have a least favorite film? But I mean, there must be something out there that you must have seen that you've gone. Mm, so when you when you emailed me this question, the first thing that sprung to mind was the only time I, there's only once that I've ever I've never walked out of a cinema, but there's once where I was literally like <laughs> I like nearly got up and walked out. Yeah. And that was I don't know I don't know why because I've never ever gone back and watched this film again, so I can't tell you why at the yeah. time. Um, but I really did not get on well with Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds. Oh, really interesting. I don't know. I do not. I can't remember. I'm gonna to have to watch it again. But oh, whatever it was at the time, I was like, "This is fucking awful." And <laughs> on the verge of leaving the cinema. Um, that's quite interesting. That's that's an, that is a. I, do you know? I was not expecting that. I, <laughs> I feel like people consider that like a modern classic these days. Like people do seem to. It's gonna be one of those things now. Oh, like, it's gonna keep gonna keep cutting and keep going. I don't know what's going on with it. Playing up. This is what I was about yesterday. When you know what I was saying, I was I was say, yesterday, um, and I thought there was some. We, we were doing it today, and I was like, <laughs> "It's not going to happen today." And then I was like, "It's not today, is it?" <laughs> the other thing I was going to say, I um, people often ask me about negative reviews and writing negative mm. reviews. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's not something that I do particularly often because I'm always of the mind that if you look at a film like, say, like David Ayer's Suicide Squad, yeah. which. I think has enjoyable characters, but a lot of people look at it and think that is a terrible movie or, you know, just what people will say that it's, it's awful. Um, yes. I think there are issues with like the storytelling in it. And you could tell from the first trailer to the final film that someone got involved and was like, yes, let's definitely. make this fun and colorful, like Guardians yes. of the Galaxy. <laughs> but the way I look at it is no one, like no, no one involved with that film, none of the actors, the director, anyone, editor whoever no one went into that going do you know what i really want to make a god-awful movie everyone goes into stuff like that wanting to make the best film that they can under the circumstances that they have so be it that the studio meddled and said we want something slightly different let's recut this uh, i so that's always my approach when i review something even if it's something that i haven't gotten on with very well it will always mm. be they wanted to make something great so let's praise everything that we can praise about it and then explain for me why maybe I don't connect to it in the way that somebody else might. Because, of course, the exactly. other thing is yeah. what you might not particularly like might be somebody else's favourite film. And although, obviously, there's always going to be somebody that disagrees with your reviews, I don't ever want to just say this was awful. I always want to say they did a really great job of whatever, but for whatever reason, it wasn't my thing. Yeah, I think... I just yeah, think that's think fairer. It's... I think so as well. Just looking for those positives of in something negative. Because like you say, yeah, no, no one ever, no studio ever goes in and goes, yeah, we want to make this terrible. No. Why would you do that? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> why would you... Exactly. I was, so I was reading a piece today. Um, there's a piece on comic book movie about uh, Jessica Chastain. So somebody had asked her in an interview about um, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh, of course, yeah. And yeah. she said that she, she didn't know her character's name until she was at the premiere and that's the first time she heard anyone say her character's name. 
And of course that dredged up, well, this is the worst film in the franchise. Yada, yada, yada. This film's really generic and yeah, boring. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? There's some good action in that film. There's oh, some I great enjoy CGI that train in that scene. film. Yeah, I enjoy that yeah. train scene really well. Really good. So really again, not, not necessarily a film that I particularly would say is one of my favourites, but at the same time, they didn't set out to make... I mean, you've got to feel sorry for the director because he wrote the first time they tried to do the Phoenix. Yes. So technically, he kind of got the Phoenix wrong twice. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yes. At the same time, it's his interpretation of the story, and clearly he sees it as more of a like addiction, dark side of a personality than mm. the more cosmic stuff. So praise him for bringing a new angle to an old story from a comic book, rather than saying this film is awful. Exactly, and, my and, mantra anyway. Yeah, and with those that film as well, you, you know, there's other rights at different companies where they can do particular things. So you can't, they can't yeah. do comic to comic to film because of you know legality issues so they have to kind of yeah make it interesting another way like like say with um of course that then begs the like somebody the... will always say to that well why did you bother trying to do it if you couldn't do the whole thing yeah. it's like well like, <laughs> you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't i feel like if everyone had that mentality with films you wouldn't get like really good films at all that's the thing you gotta try you gotta exactly. try exactly try. yeah try. definitely um so i guess um well, that kind of final question was kind of like the first question I sent you over was like, what drives you? I know we've talking, t- spoken about it a little mm. bit about, you know, kind of uh, the passions and stuff like that. But I mean, what ultimately drives you um, to continue doing this, Neil? <laughs> million dollar question, isn't it? Um, <laughs> sometimes I feel like at this point, it would be really difficult to put the brakes on it. I can't imagine <laughs> one day going, yeah, we're done and just disappearing off the face of the earth, which is just really weird. But now at this point, I kind of feel like we've got this really awesome team that do stuff for the website who are great. And I kind of get to impart my wisdom on what I've done for the last 10 years Mm. and be like, this is how to navigate this world. This is how to get in bed with PR. And this is how to start getting invited to stuff, build build yourself up to, to stuff like doing, you know, what we're doing. This is how to start a podcast, like teaching people that kind of people will ask for advice. And I kind of, that's, that's like my, my, my new thing. Like I've sort of learned how to do the technical bits of all the stuff that we do. So now I'm just enjoying imparting my wisdom on other people and guesting on other people's podcasts and being geeky with other people. Cause now yeah, it's no, just like, must be really okay, <laughs> if people want to come along for the ride and read what we're doing, that's awesome. I'm just going to have fun, like spending time with my friends and talking about the stuff that I like. Exactly. No, nice. I like that. I like that. I like that. That's, uh, that is a nice way to end it as well, <laughs> Neil. That's really good. Um, I could talk to you forever, Neil, for being honest with you. And yeah, I, I will. I will. I will give you the first person that said that. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Once again, a big thank you for Neil for coming on to the podcast. It was really great to talk to him. I hope you guys enjoyed that chat and some good insights, I feel like, into the, this crazy world of film journalism. Um, in terms of where you can find Neil, Neil's on Twitter and Instagram at Neil Vag, And also you can check out his podcast, uh, which is on all podcast platforms, which is Get Your Comic On, and also the website GetYourComicOn.com. Thank you, guys. Until next time. Bye.